Okay, so, um... That really happened. That really happened when I woke up. That, um, it felt like... I don't know, maybe somebody was trying to take over my body. I don't know. It was something happening. Like, I felt something shaking the spirit. Something shifted. And, um, I really wonder what that means, you know. I'm still trying to look forward to a rapture. So, I'm I'm back on here to talk about, um, just the different things that were, you know, picked up on in the process of that. So, well, LeBron saying that he was going to save my life twice. And the second time being when I, I'm going to end up in a hospital. And it's from an attempt to commit suicide. And it's, um... Really, in a way, it's murder. It will be murder. If I would die, it's attempted murder. You know, on me, I won't die. But it's attempted murder because, you know, even though I would be trying to commit suicide, trying to kill myself, you know, there is a witchcraft on me. And major efforts, major efforts to um, <clears throat> push me, push me to suicide consistently and constantly so um like I was kind of confused about the technicalities concerning this like is it murder if you did it you committed suicide on yourself because nobody made you nobody put a gun to your head nobody forced the pills on your throat or anything like that but um when you are under this kind of pressure of witchcraft where they actually can control my actions in a way they can control my body in a way, they have done it before. I've seen them uh, flip the car. Well, I don't know if they've done it per se before, not technically, but they flipped my car. You know, they made a car pop up out of nowhere. They predicted um, the car accident three months in advance. They predicted everything that's going on, you know, years in advance. So it was like a prophecy on my life. And, um, Seeing that there actually is an individual behind the situation, actually um, saying, I'm going to get you to kill yourself. I'm going to get you to kill yourself. I'm going to kill her. I'm going to kill this bee. I'm going to kill her. That's when I start to wonder if, you know, the technicalities matter that it actually is attempted murder. Because no, it seems like nobody puts a gun to your head, but it's almost the equivalent of it. Because it's like... You have no options. You don't really have a lot of choice. You have a lot of different things going on. It's hard to explain. Nobody can understand my situation. I won't say nobody, but it may be difficult to understand the situation if you're not in it. But it's just a lot of pressure and a lot of, um, a lot of like frustration. And that doesn't sound like, okay, that's enough to say it's attempted murder. But um, when you understand, you understand, you know. A lot of people may say witchcraft doesn't work. It's only what you believe. And if you would if you would pick up anything, kill yourself or hurt yourself, that's you. That's not murder. That's all a choice that you made. I would say that I absolutely agree with that. But um, unfortunately, you know. It's, it seems as if this situation is inescapable. I've tried to run. I've tried to stay and fight. 
I've tried to um, strategize. I've tried to pray. You know, I've tried to tell people. I've tried to call the police. They don't. They don't respond. I've tried to, you know, forgive, forget, and move on. I've tried to give it to the Lord. I've tried everything. And these individuals, they kind of still linger around, you know, telling themselves that they are going to kill me, you know. And so when someone says they're going to kill you and they do and they make all these, you know, conscious, intentional efforts to do so, that is attempted murder. That is murder if they succeed. Um, some people may want to feel as if it's not, but. Um, these these individuals themselves will consider they consider it as murdering you. They would say if they were to succeed at it, I murdered them. Or they would say if they were telling someone I'm I'm murdering her, I'm going to murder her. You know I am trying to murder her. You know so I'm sure a lot of people would be like, no, that still doesn't count. Doesn't it's not the same thing. But um. It's difficult. It's, it's 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 kind of tricky in a way, and it, it doesn't have to be. It can be simple. Simply put, they're just trying to murder me, like, and they're going to get to a point where they almost succeed, where I'm going to end up in a hospital for trying to commit suicide. But um, as I said, doesn't that's like a contradiction? I'm going to end up in a hospital for trying to commit suicide, but they were it's attempted murder. But um, it's like them putting the gun in my hand. You know, they're like putting a gun in my hand, almost forcing me to pull the trigger. And um, it is, it is attempted murder. And uh, with that being said, you know, different individuals are going to step in. That's that's possibly a fulfillment of the prophecy. Someone is going to step in and prevent me from actually perishing, which I think is more supportive of murder, attempted murder. I think that's more supportive of that, you know, idea because, of course, they are aware that these different individuals are behind it. Um, but then again, I want to add that some people, it doesn't matter what you do to them or what you take them through. They wouldn't they wouldn't do it. They wouldn't commit suicide. They wouldn't do anything to harm themselves. But see me instead of compromising my faith in God, compromising, you know, my my devotion and loyalty to the Lord, you know, making any sort of compromises as far as selling my soul or harming someone else instead in order to protect myself from harm, in order to keep myself from being harmed, like in a way saying, Well, I'll just murder I'll just murder with you or if you can't beat them, join them, you know. That's that's the way I'd rather go. I'd rather die. I'd rather die than hurt somebody else that way. I'd rather die than inflict this kind of pain on someone else. I'd rather die than be a part of any type of organization or situation, willingly and knowingly, intentionally, you know, inflicting harm on someone or intending to murder or kill or inflict harm on someone. You know, of course it's going to look like someone committed suicide. That's the point. That's why they don't go do it with their bare hands. That's why they don't show up in, in the physical in person. That's why... They hide behind, you know, witchcraft and sorcery in order to complete it. But it's still murder. It's still murder. And I can't say what God will judge. 
I can't say how God would judge. So I won't, but I'll just say that, you know, it's a good chance it would be considered murder. So, um, I know talking about this a lot is in a way allowing them to brag through my own mouth on what they're doing to me because I know that they're extremely proud of it. But, um, I want to testify. I want to testify about what I'm going through. You know, so many different people stood around and watched this happen. So many people stood around and did nothing. There are people who've intervened, who've helped. And I think I spend a lot of time talking about the people who've done nothing. Maybe not a lot of time talking about the people who have intervened and tried to help and do something about it. But I think what that originates from is the fact that I think that I've, I know that I've accepted that I really only have God at the end of the day. And that's something I recognized the first year that they were actually trying to kill me. And, you know, though it is in a way different, because when they tried to kill me the first time, the first year in 2020, they literally sought to take my life through spiritual means. Like, they tried to wipe my brain clean. They tried to convince me that I didn't know God. They tried to convince me that I had no power. They tried to convince me that I'd already sold my soul to the devil. They tried to convince me that I was already dead or that I would definitely for sure die. And if it got to a point where I even almost believed them. I saw myself dead. I saw, I looked down at my body and my body was just lifeless. It was lifeless. And I saw it from their perspective and I was just a body to them. I wasn't a person. I wasn't a human. I wasn't an actual individual with struggles and battles and a life and, you know, beliefs and, hopes and dreams I wasn't any of that I was just a body to them and um you know there's just so many so many different indications of you know that being what that is but um regardless regardless of what I'm dealing with regardless of what's going on it may seem like things aren't that bad or that things you know really aren't serious but I don't think anybody truly understands the severity of the situation how bad it really is and has gotten you know with being in public and like everybody around me everywhere I go just screaming out all sort of obscenities at me and um they would bro- boldly and bravely say like kill yourself you know you're gonna they're gonna kill you you know laughing mocking I've had to endure all of this for almost three years now. I've had to endure these things, and it's extreme torture. And I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy. And I wouldn't, I, I kind of, you know, now I won't say kind of, I definitely want to dedicate my life to ensuring that this never happens to anyone else ever again. But sometimes it feels like that's easier said than done, which is why I said kind of at first, because... I feel like if I truly want to dedicate my life to doing that, then there's so many different things I'm not doing and I shouldn't be slacking. I shouldn't be taking time off. I shouldn't be selfish enough to only care about myself when other people are suffering at the hands of these different individuals who are still, you know, out here doing these things to different people. Like I should be doing all that I can to stop them, but I'm only human. 
I'm only human. I, in the beginning of this process, after the Lord had gotten me out of as bad as it was the first year, where, I, where they truly almost killed me with sorcery alone, like not even, you know, with the committing suicide thing, like trying to get me to like kill myself. They literally just killed me, almost killed me, you know. When it got that bad and the Lord, you know, kind of allowed things to dwindle down to what they are now. I told myself that I would ne- I would not stop fighting, that I would not allow this to happen to somebody else, that if I cannot be saved, I just pray that nobody else has to ever go through this ever again. That's what I kind of said to the Lord, you know, at my lowest. And I think I understand what was all required of me in order for me to be all that the Lord has called me to be. And I'm not doing that. I have to take responsibility and accountability for that. I'm almost leaving the door open for them. After all that they've been, you know, after all that they've, you know, attempted to do, I should know better than to leave doors open for them. I should be on top of everything. But as I said, it's easier said than done because, you know, um, they're all around me. Like, they're all around me. They use people around me every day. They use people through my everyday life all day, every day. Like, it's it's like no rest, no escape. I can't even go to sleep and escape it. I lay down and I close my eyes and I'm in these different, like, spiritual places where it just continues. And it's horrible. It's nightmarish. So, I don't know. I don't want to sound like I'm complaining, but I just want to make it clear. And I just want to, like, kind of spell it out, you know, how nobody could possibly understand why I do the things that I do, why I'm in the position that I'm in, and why, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in a way sitting back right now. Right now, I just need to let go and let God before before I keep giving them what I don't have to give, like pouring from an empty cup. Like, it is their intention to wear me down to a point where I don't want to get back up again. And I don't want to fight for God and I give up on God and I give up on myself and I give up on life and I become like them or worse. So I have to... I have to take this time. I have to take this time and just give it to the Lord. I have to because it's not even my battle. This is not even my battle. This is the Lord's battle. No one would know who I am if not for God. No one would care who I was if not for God. Because he predestined me before I was formed in my mother's womb to be a demon hunter. I'm just fighting and trying to represent the kingdom. And maybe I'm not being as good as a representative as I can be right now, but I'm still a representative. I'm still a vessel that he's chosen to use. And only God knows why he chooses the vessel that he chooses. He does not think like a man. His ways are not like our ways. His ways are mysterious. And even the wisest man here is the foolishness of God. Even the strongest man here is the weakness of God. He has it covered. He's in control. He's Alpha and Omega. And if he chose me knowing each and every single last decision I make, he chose me knowing 
every mistake, every success, every achievement. He chose me knowing that regardless, and he still decided to use me. Then I need to be confident in that as well. I can't spend time, too much time, so hard on myself that all I can focus on what I'm not doing. I have to give it to the Lord. This is his battle. Often, a lot of these different individuals are not even my enemy. They're the enemy of the Lord. They're, they, they call themselves enemies of God. God doesn't have enemies. No one is the enemy of God, but they're the enemy of man in the Lord's ways. They persecute me in Jesus' name. So, it is an honor to be persecuted in Jesus' name because a million different things you'll be persecuted for here on this planet in the short time that you're living here to be persecuted in Jesus name is a blessing I know that but you know when you're when you're going through it when you're when you're experiencing these things everything all the all the most motivational most you know soul fulfilling and quenching you know scriptures and words of and for and about the Lord sometimes they just they just seem like they don't they are they're not making the situation less torturous less tormentous excuse me I made that word up less tormenting but um it's frustrating But as I said, I woke up this morning, and it seems that God almost struck somebody down. And um, I think I heard my sister, but I don't know. They may have switched it. They may have switched it to my sister because they may feel as if when I think that it's my sister, believe it's my sister, I carry, I, I handle things differently, which I can't blame them. You know, it was me that was willing to get on my knees and die for my sister if that had been the case. So I, I kind of understand what it may feel, why they may feel that way. But um, the reason why I don't doubt this situation as much as I usually would, I won't say doubt it, but I, will, I don't question it as much. I would possibly analyze the situation, maybe wait on it, take it to the Lord when I had opportunity to do that without outside influences. I'm not doing that right now because I'm just not doing that right now because um like I know my father. I know what I felt. I know what that was. That was my father. I was in his presence. I felt that that I felt and um he's not to be mistaken. He is not to be mistaken. So I felt that it's just what I'm not so sure about is maybe what exactly happened will provoke such a reaction. You know, it seems like I've seen them actually try and kill me. And this is not even the first time in this process that someone has tried to possess my family's bodies to murder me. I spoke about this um Maybe a week ago, someone possessed my father's body 
and he 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 started to kill me. But right before he got to me, the demon was pulled right off of him. And he went back to himself. And when I heard him talking, he didn't know that he didn't know what he was doing. He was under a strong deception, but when I heard him speak, he spoke as if he just, you know, he just, you know, he wanted to feel the power that came along with having the power to be able to do that spiritually. He was seduced by the power. So, I don't blame him. I don't blame my family. They're seduced by this power, this idea of power, idea of money, power, respect, fame, fortune, you know, status, like most people. And even me, with the ability to ask for all of that, having asked for wisdom, the Lord said he's going to give me everything else my heart desires, which means my heart still desires those things. Regardless of what I've asked for, I've asked for wisdom because I wanted it above all other things. Wisdom in order to lead and guide his people correctly because I can never do it alone. And I don't want to lead his people into a ditch. The blind lead the blind. So, that's what I wanted. And it would have been enough for me. But he gave me, he promised me everything else. But that's just the God that I serve. That's my father. I still don't think that it's okay to be so seduced by power. That when you're asked by God himself who can grant you anything in this entire world, even the most impossible things you can think of. You ask for something as simple and as casual and as common as power. It comes around far too easy, far too simply, without much you know, without being very much interesting or set apart from the rest of the world. And if you could ask God for anything, why would you ask for something like that? It is a sign of weakness, actually. I believe it's a sign of weakness to desire power. The real powerful, strong people are the ones who don't need it. The ones who don't seek after it. They carry it when you don't have to have power. Jesus, the son of God, the most perfect man to have ever existed, the only perfect man to have ever existed, the most powerful and the most high. He came down from heaven where he had everything, all the money in the world, all the everything in the world. He came down from riches and luxury to come down here and be a homeless servant and wash our feet. And then be nailed to the cross and die on the cross. Be crucified and die on the cross for the forgiveness of all of our sins. Having been sinless and innocent his entire life. That's power. Power is when you're willing to self-sacrifice. When you're willing to give yourself for others. When you're willing to choose love over hate or power or selfishness or greed. Real power is being able to be homeless. Knowing that you can have everything you want in the whole world. With just a snap of a finger, you could have the whole world. But you choose to be homeless and understand the pains of the most least person here. To be able to walk them through it. To be able to guide them and lead them out of poverty and miry pits. Clean them up. Give them a fighting chance. 
that's real power. So, I suffer from the same weakness. I know. Because the Lord has to remind me not to allow these different things that he's granted me in my life to become me. Solomon, the greatest king of Israel, the greatest king Israel's ever seen, the most wise king, the most known king Israel's ever seen all by God's hand. He was seduced by everything that the Lord gave him. He was seduced by the power. He was seduced by the attention, the fame, the fortune, the women. Solomon made the mistake of having 700 wives and 300 concubines in his lifetime. And not only that, God asked him to do one thing after everything he had given him, everything in the world. He asked Solomon not to worship any other God but him. Solomon got seduced by the pleasures of life. He fell unfulfilled because God is the only one who can fulfill your soul, no matter what you have. For what does it profit a man to gain the world but to lose his soul? He turned away from the Lord. He got seduced into this life of pleasure. And he ultimately did the one thing that God asked him not to do. He worshiped false gods. He built altars in the very kingdom that the Lord gave him. The very temple he used to worship our father. He built altars to false gods. He let them move right in on God's territory. And he worshiped them. He cheated on our Lord. And God always remains faithful to us. And what scares me is the Lord says, I remind him of Solomon. I don't think that is a mistake. God doesn't make mistakes. So does that mean that I have to be like him? Exactly, no. Does it mean that I'm going to do make all the mistakes he made? No. Does that mean that I don't have the opportunity to, you know, do right what he did wrong? No. But it is a warning in a way. It's a warning. God has seen this before. I don't want to disappoint him. Of course, it's, it's, it's so, maybe not so different, but it is different, me being a woman. Solomon, he was a king, you know, and a man. So 700 wives, yes, that was, a, that was much. Maybe a lot of people wouldn't have seen it as much to be the greatest king of Israel to, you know, to rule a multitude of people as, as great as the dust in the land is what he called it, is what he said. It doesn't seem like 700 wives is a lot, you know, but as a woman, of course, those type of details would be different for me. Most likely, I wouldn't have 700 husbands, 300 slave men. Most likely not. Most likely just one husband for me. So that I can see being different. But can I say that that was the majority of Solomon's demise? It was all of it. It was a fame. It was a fortune. It was the power. So even without 700 wives, 
that was not just the only reason for his demise. It was mainly being seduced into the lifestyle, the very lifestyle that the Lord called him out of and away from. Lacking true fulfillment because you can only gain that from the Lord. Drifting further and further away from God and who he was called to be. I don't want that. Not for myself. So, I want to do things differently. And I don't know how things will plan out. It seems as if a lot of other people may be aware of prophecy. Though the Lord has shown me, you know, I'm talking about the details in between. He said, don't worry about the how. The cow will get there. So, I'm wondering. But I need to be grateful because despite all my troubles... It's so wonderful and amazing to be used by the Lord in such a way. So, yes, this may be very difficult like the Lord said it's going to be. The most difficult it's ever been, but not the most difficult it will ever be. But it is going to be good forever. So... That's that's just pretty much what I think about on a day-to-day basis, which is why it seems like for the past few months, it's like I've been reminding myself of these details and talking about it on the podcast a lot because I need a reminder of why it's all worth it. The Lord said, with great work comes great, great reward to whom much is given, much is required, so... I need a reminder why I'm going through all of this. Because it just gets so hard, so heavy. 